Hello, 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 and welcome to the penultimate Rugby League show of 2017. How are you? Coming up, in its first exclusive interview, we speak to Wales Rugby League CEO Chris Fair as he reacts on the Welsh World Cup. Down under, we speak to him, what are the plans in place? Plus, we will review the World Cup quarterfinals and preview the World Cup semi-finals. In the company of Matt Fisher, Gareth Jones, Maurice Jones and yours truly, Conrad Anderson. So, good evening. Welcome to the Rugby League show on Canada FM in the North and GTFM in the South. Now, I was delighted early in the week that we managed to speak to Wales Rugby League CEO Chris Thayer on the World Cup, and this is what he had to say. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Rugby League show, Chris. Um, you've just come back from the Southern Hemisphere. Just tell us about your experience down under. Well, fa- fantastic experience, first and foremost. I think the World Cup is fantastic for the sport. It's going out to 150 countries worldwide. Television audiences are, are very good domestically in the UK, over in Australia. And, it, and it's created new markets, news pieces, which has cut through in the national media. So we're seeing it a lot on, on the main pages of the BBC website and, and on the back pages of the broadsheets. So in that regard, it's all good. In regards to Wales, there's two sides to, to a World Cup. Uh, one side is the experience you gain from it and the cultural experience and the bond you get as uh, players and staff. The other side of the coin is, is the on-field performance. You're there to win games. Chris, I'm going to be honest with you and and be clear cut. Did we know before ball was even kicked that we were on a hide into nothing with the the quality aside? Okay, the players that were chosen obviously playing League One, they're playing the Championship, and they're up against NRL sides. It was a mismatch before we took off, wasn't it? It was. The stats prove that as well. On average, for our three group games in the World Cup, we had three Super League players and no NRL players. The NRL and Super League being the primary competitions uh, in the northern and southern hemisphere. Our opposition had seven, PNG had seven players from those two comps, Fiji 16 and Ireland 11. We were up against it. Whilst that is the problem, therein lies the answer. So going forward for Wales, we need to, there's two answers to how we move forward. We need to create a bigger pool of elite Welsh players and then once that pool is created we need to ensure that all of those players are available and play for the national side. Chris we have all the respect to you and you've said you know in the 100 days to go World Cup press conference that Welsh Rugby League were in a better financial uh, place than they were in 2013 but you can't run an organisation and create pathways on a budget You've got to invest money, and with you cutting costs, because you have to, let's be fair to you, you had to cut costs, this is the answer, isn't it? Listen, I make no apology for balancing the books, and and poor governance in Wales has been one of the key reasons why we've failed for this World Cup. So the governing body was in trouble four years ago, nearly went bust, and the two professional clubs have nearly gone bust on a few occasions in the last six years. If we had a period of stability over the last eight, ten years, we'd be in a far, far better place, and clubs changing locations, uh, not using Welsh players, nearly going under the governing body, being in a poor state. That is... That is one of the key aspects to address for the sport moving forward. 
we've been solid the last few years and and it's only been three or four years that we've been solid we've had a change in ownership again in the last year and and the club is moving to its sixth location in, in south wales in the last six years and the crusaders recently moved as well but the governance needs to be stable in order for the club to lay the right right foundations so i, I don't apologize for getting your house in order and and ensuring and cutting your cloth accordingly to ensure stability for the sport. But in the future, you know, we, we, this World Cup hasn't, let's be honest with you, Chris, has not created good headlines. It's created negative headlines by former coach Yeston Harris, for example, saying that the Welsh team were unprofessional. You know, comments like that don't, don't help. And with money being at a, a premium from Sports uh, Wales, you said that they were only going to invest in this World Cup. Where is the money going to come from? Where is the investment going to come from in the future then? We can look at club ownership and we've influenced uh, club owners coming coming into the sport. So there's two professional clubs in Wales. We influence high investment investors going into the into the two professional clubs that will that will help. We need greater commercial revenue coming into the governing body. One thing, the international programme has never made money and one of the plans going forward was to invest a lot next year in our home international game and create a bigger marketing budget and get at least five figures at a home international to ensure the gate receipts and the coverage was strong but the gate receipts can provide some profit into uh, other areas of the business. In regards to investment in Wales, we believe the finances are not the issue. We've paid more than the the other Celtic nations in this in, the, in this World Cup, and I would say we probably paid more to the players and the staff than a lot of the other nations in the World Cup. Investments into the World Cup programme is not the issue. The investment below that, into the grassroots of the game, that, that does need to be looked at. Uh, so you mentioned about a future international programme for Wales. What is the what is the future? What, what, it's been mapped out now, has it, Chris? So there's going to be internationals at the end of 18. Can you just tell us a bit more about those? Disappointingly, I can't, and it's one of the major frustrations with the, with the international game at the moment. They will not confirm the international programme until the profits are confirmed from the World Cup. We have pencilled in the European Championships at the end of next year. However, it's not been confirmed publicly by the RLIF and therefore we can't confirm that ourselves. And then there's a nines programme next year as well. Wales under 23s will be putting aside into nines competition in Brisbane. The end of February 2018. And finally, uh, Chris, you know, John Keir has expressed interest that he wants to stick with Wales, and and he's a, he says he's a big advocate of the international game. Are you going to stick with John Keir? Yes, well, that's a board decision, and I sit on the board. But uh, from what I've gathered from conversations, we will be sticking with John Keir. One of the key lessons from this World Cup is. When all else is equal, it's the quality of the players that matter. And I believe we have an excellent coaching staff, medical staff, logistical staff, our first class, and, and certainly the envy of other nations. It is, it is the playing roster that is key. So whilst we'll put all the foundations and, and the surrounding network around the team, fundamentally, when it comes down to it, the games it's the players that win the games so we must get a better pool of Welsh talent on the field for the World Cup yes so that was uh, Chris there the 
CEO of Wales Rugby League, and uh, the guys around the table have listened to that interview. I'm going to start with you first, Matt Fisher. What was your reaction to that? Yeah, no, I think it sounds like he's making all the right noises there. Um, the sad fact is that Wales suffered from a from a huge, huge lack of quality, and I think, and this applies to to France and the other home nations as well. I truly do not believe that the, the game can grow in these countries until there's a pathway to to full-time professional squads. And and right now, Wales is at, uh, certainly ahead of Ireland and Scotland in that we've got two semi-pro teams here. France have Toulouse and Catalan, who I think I've been somewhat critical of Catalan in the past and their ability to bring up French players but yeah focusing on Wales I think all we can do in this this area is is throw away behind what player development we can Gareth you know your opinion on this uh, obviously you, you have a father who worked tirelessly in this area to bring rugby league players uh, through he's been a victim of the cuts that Welsh rugby league have made you're not here to represent him but what's your view on what Chris there has said um, I think it was good to you know hear some refreshing honesty from um, from Chris. To be honest, um, you know he's doing quite a quite a tough um, job in very difficult circumstances. You know he talked about the funding issues there. I mean, and that's why the RFL have, have put Chris in. Really, he's he's there to 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 make sure that you know, like he said, balance the budget and and, and make sure you know they're not not spending within their means. I mean, um, we've had two really poor World Cups back to back now. You know, we had a great opportunity at the last World Cup on home soil to to, to really, you know, get, gain some new fans and 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 you know, and this World Cup, you know, having heavy results against us is, is not great either. I mean, I don't I don't know what the answer is really. I mean, I'd like to see more, you know, young players taking a risk, you know, like Reese and Ben Evans did, and 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 chancing their arm and and going to 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 Super League academies. Is it down, to, Morris? Is it the responsibility of the semi-pro clubs then is to create this structure and risk these or blood these players, or you know, because we hear coaches saying they're not good enough for League One. Well, they've got to start from somewhere, don't they? Uh, it's not the Welsh Rugby League. The Welsh Rugby League can send messages to the board and say, "I want, I, I, we would like you to do this," but not necessarily these boards are not going to do it, are they? Not they don't have to do it. Well, no, but, but I think I think you know we we can only do what we what we can do in, in, in Wrexham. And I think what what we're doing here is is, is a good thing. He's, he's, he's very true when he says we haven't got any uh, Welsh players playing for Crusaders at the moment, and that is a real shame. But we but Welsh players don't come from 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 nowhere. We we've we we've had no Super League. Uh, we've had no uh, rugby league structure in in Wrexham. We're put you know we we are trying to put that structure in place, and hopefully next year we'll have um, an A team. We'll have a North Wales Origin team. And and so, and so the the guys who've done so well in the under 18s will have somewhere to go to carry on playing, and and hopefully we can we can start to bring those players through, in, in into into the first team, and things things will get better here, you know. We, but but it's 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 not going to be an overnight. It's not going to be an overnight thing. But, but you know, the South have been banging on the drum for many years now. Uh, they've been bringing through players uh, from the Conference South, they're blooding them into your know, Scorpions. 
Ironman, whatever name they're going to be this next time round, I think West uh, West Wales Raiders, and they are going. You know, clubs like Wigan and Hull, especially, are offering them you know scholarships, academy, you know, giving them pathways into the academies. If this, if five years of this is going to happen, do you think Wales in in the next World Cup when it plays in England, do you think it'll be a better? Well, it'll be a better team, but but the, the, the problem they've got in South Wales is, that, you know, they can they can put all the money they like into into the youth thing, but but you've got union there. And, and and union will poach players. So so you 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 you're putting the money in. You're developing the players, and then they'll go off and play union. Mark, um, I I am quite optimistic about the state of the game in the north, having followed the under 18s this year. Uh, I don't know whether that is necessarily going to be translating into international success. I mean, I'm quite confident that there are players on that squad who, if they stick at it could make that jump but i don't know because we're not feeding into super league teams so much directly that's that's really what we need is that the answer gareth that teams need to be sort of parented not dual reg for example but but it must be the pathway for example you say helen's an example they gave morgan knowles they've given regan grace a shot at the big time and they grabbed it with both hands do you think there should be scouts you know around Wrexham help with the development should League One or should League One be a development league and if so money should be poured into it surely well I think League One is a development league I think unofficially you know, unofficially it, it is I mean you know it was you know we found out in the World Cup you're not going to get anywhere playing your Coventry Bears your all goals or the former all goals week in week out we need these young players you know the cream getting in those Super League teams and Super League academies uh, we saw in the World Cup probably Morgan Knowles was probably our best player you know, and he's really benefited from that experience at a, a top-class club. And um, I think, I think, I think players have just got to be a bit braver as well and take the chance. And there, you know, Reese and Ben Evans did it at Warrington, and, and they're reaping the benefits now. Regan Grace and Morgan Knowles have done it, and you know, I think the good news is at youth level, those players are making that move now. I mean, I, I don't think we're going to pull up any trees in the next World Cup, but if we're talking about the World Cup after, then you know, maybe you know, maybe we maybe we might win a game. Who knows? And I hope for in in part, it's going to come from the success of the Crusaders and the Raiders moving up League One. Hopefully, in a few years' time, getting into the Championship. I mean, that might be a stretch, but that is kind of the next step. Is a sustainable consistent championship presence and then ultimately a sustainable consistent super league presence i don't know how we get that but that's how the game is gonna a sustainable championship team is is definitely doable isn't it that that is that is achievable i i I hope so if we start getting the attendances up and the the sponsorship in but then hopefully that will come with results and a good on-field product i just want to quickly mention we talked about investment where's the investment going i've I've criticized the welsh rugby league in, in previous weeks, saying I don't think they've represented us strong enough uh, by Sports Wales or the Welsh Government, for example. Where is the investment going? Because I'm going to be honest, Chris there said he's expecting a, a five-figure gate at the next internationals. That's simply not is not going to happen, is it? And if he's going to rely on that for to be the main for main income for investment, well, I think you know that's a problem that's not exclusive to Wales. You know, I think rugby league, you know, in England, even you know, it's, it struggles for investment. You know, we're, we're not we're not an elite sport. I think people you know need to. I think people are realizing that now. I mean, I'm, I'm pleased that he's talking about commercial. You know tapping into the commercial market because you know I think that's that's where you know it's been sorely lacking with with Wales I believe we're not attracting the sponsors and stuff like that but how do you attract the sponsors when would anyone want to sponsor Wales when <laughs> they've seen 
cricket scores p- p- past them. How, how do you convince sponsors coming? People always want to get their name on stuff, won't they? I think I think you know the results have not helped matters. But you know, Chris says you know quite a savvy guy. You know, he's done that with the RFL in in, in the past. So you know, hopefully um, he's got some magic wand. Last word on you, Morris. Well, f- 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 on the results. The, the 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 World Cup results is not the be all and end all, you know. In between the two World Cups, Wales did quite well actually. They won the European Championship. So let's not forget the achievements that this team has, has done with with their uh, lower league players. You know they've done quite well. But if but if we want to sell rugby league, we've got to get more rugby league on TV. And the way we do that is that we, we, we let's 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 try and sell League One. You know, let's try and sell Wales Rugby League to. Well, let's give Wales Rugby League to S4C, and, and then then we can say when 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 we're getting sponsors for Wales Rugby League, we can say our shirts are, are on television. You know, you get more money. It, it, it would be better to give the the the, 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 Welsh, the Welsh Rugby League TV rights away just to get the people to watch it. You know, yeah. Okay, well, the debate will rumble on. I'm sure. You are listening to the Rugby League Show here on your Kellen FM in the north and GTFM in the south. And now we're going to go down under and speak to GTFM's very own Ian Golden. And this is what he had to say. Well, on the telephone now, I'm delighted that we have GTFM's Ian Golden. And Ian, I believe we've caught your shopping in central Brisbane. How are you? Yeah, that's right. Uh, just left the family downstairs in the shop here, uh, the the bargain basement uh, souvenir shop or whatever it's called. And uh, yeah, going well, thank you. Going to a Barmy Army party tonight uh, for the uh, start of the Ashes and the Rugby League semi-final on Friday. And I must say, the advertising here is superb. You cannot miss that there is a World Cup on. Finally, in a city in Australia, you can't miss it. It's everywhere. Yeah, we've been hearing from Madge, actually, because he's out there in Australia. He's saying that in previous weeks, it's, it hasn't really been sort of a slow burner. It hasn't been advertised well, but I'm yeah. glad that you've said that. Brisbane is, well, that's where the final's going to be uh, played, on one semi-final, isn't it? Yeah, and I've just been to the uh, Breakfast Creek Hotel today, one of the most famous uh, pubs in uh, Brisbane, and it's everywhere there. You know, see every game live, and uh, there was a board up saying today's games are the women's games from one o'clock and that kind of thing so they're doing everything for the world cup here it's a delight to see and you'd think that was the priority rather than the ashes to be honest i haven't seen a great deal about the ashes here the odd few things but uh, the world cup seems to have uh, taken priority here in brisbane this week which is amazing and it's uh, great to see so yeah yeah it's looking good here yeah just want to talk about the quarterfinals of course um it was a one well, one team turned up against uh, Samoa, Australia, dominant there. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw a bit of that game. I didn't. Actually, I saw the first half of that game. That's right. Saw the first half of the game, and yeah, I think that was always going to be one-sided there. Samoa were pretty lucky to be there in the first place uh, as a quarter-final side, and Australia absolutely dominant. Uh, Samoa probably the weakest out of the uh, Pacific sides to have reached the quarter-final. So no shock with that one. And Tonga, uh, well, they had a scare against a Lebanese side, didn't they? As Wales did in 2000, if you might remember, at, uh, in Clenetley, if you can remember that far back, uh, 17 years. So, yeah, it was a similar-looking game, to be honest, where Tonga had uh, built a lead and uh, Lebanon tried to push it back. But in the end, uh, Tonga uh, breathed a sigh of relief, so I compared the two quite well. But, yeah, Tonga uh, did expect to come get through, but a bit easier than that. Now, New Zealand, they're going through a rebuilding phase. We knew that before a ball was kicked. But for them to exit the World Cup and fail to reach a semi-final for the first time, and for yeah. I think it's another record broken in. You might you might um, 
agree or not. Yep. But it was the first ever trialist game in a World Cup. Uh, 4-2. Second. second, was it? Okay, Fiji. Second trialist game in a World Cup. Uh, the uh, game was in 1970. It was Australia 6, France 0. Uh, all three... Uh, sorry, I'm, I'll say that again. Sorry. Great Britain 6, uh, France 0. Uh, all Great Britain goals were, were, were... All Great Britain scores were three penalty goals. So it also equals the record for the lowest uh, score in a World Cup as well, with just six points in the game. Uh, it's also the first time Australia and New Zealand have never met in a World Cup finals competition and of course the first time New Zealand as you say have never been in the semi-finals or been in the top four of course in when it's been four or five team World Cup so yeah a lot of first there against New Zealand yeah. but well done Fiji yeah. Will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well has there been any reaction on that as it you know because over here in the UK it's saying the biggest shock in the World Cup is it is it sort of perceived like that down under yeah, I think, well, I'm in Australia, and everyone's really concentrating on Australia a bit more. Um, but, yeah, it is perceived that as a, as a very big shock, and I haven't uh, really seen a great deal about it, apart from the, the, the match reports and the, 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 the British press, uh, to be honest. But uh, I think that people are perceiving it as that, but everyone's just getting on their way and looking forward to Australia, because uh, they just look, they, that, that is the Australian thing, I think, just looking after the Australians and, and looking at themselves and uh, hoping they have a good one. That's probably why it's just so big in Brisbane, it's two Australia games here they always knew it was going to be Australia so that's why it's, I think it's why it's quite massive yeah and England of course they weren't convincing against Papua New Guinea but they just got the job done didn't they yeah I saw the game they were quite good in the first half they took the foot off the gas a bit in the second uh, but they, they, they were good in regards to there were so many errors I think England only had a 56% completion rate yeah. and so the errors were quite a lot they've got a they, the, the team knows the coach knows everyone knows that they've got to put it together for Saturday's game otherwise they could be going out of the World Cup Conrad ok so that is Ian Golden uh, in Brisbane and we're now going to talk about the quarterfinals of the Rugby League World Cup. Let's talk about Friday. Australia, it was one-way traffic, wasn't it, really, Gareth, against uh, a Samoan side who didn't really deserve to get into that. Uh. Yeah, I mean, Australia were, were, uh, didn't get out of uh, first gear, did they? They were playing well within themselves. Just, you know, I know we've talked about the, the structure of the tournament and whether Samoa should have been there, but... Um, you know, I mean, uh, I think this, you know, it's, this Australia team's going all the way. They're, they're they're not even out of first gear. They're playing well within themselves, and but it should be a good good semi final against um, Fiji. Yeah, and that's the game uh, which was the shock of the weekend, really. Mark, a, a trialless game. It's, pro- it's, it's apparently it's the second ever trialless game in World Cup history, but it was an entertaining game, wasn't it? Four two. Fiji. Yeah, no, uh, no lack of passion, no lack of no lack of intensity. Just maybe a lack of New Zealand. What happened to New Zealand? They yeah. just didn't bring their hands with them. I don't think they just lost so much ball and so much of it in their own half. I mean, for all the talk about England's error rate. England set completion, they made a lot of their mistakes in the PNG half. You could not say that about New Zealand. They spent most of that game trying to defend their own line and defending it well, to their credit. They defended brilliantly, didn't they? Yeah. You can't take that away from them. But, but it's... Um, Although, for me, the, the, the highlight of the game was right at the end. New Zealand's last roll of the dice... The kick goes a little bit too far, easily gathered by Naikama. As soon as he gets underneath it, he's in tears by the time he hits the deck because he knows exactly what he's done and just how much 
the the World Cup and how much representing Fiji means yeah. means to that man has just been an absolute joy to watch. Okay, uh, Brad Fittler's Lebanese side almost caused a, sh- caused a shot. They were growing into the competition and uh, gave a Tonga side a bit of a s- scare. Uh, Morris, the, the easy answer could be Tonga um, played their final against New Zealand, took a lot of juice out the tank, but they just about got through. I think I think Tonga are not weren't used to being in a position where they're the favourites, were they? Uh, it's, you, you often get this situation in all sports where um, you know Tonga were the favourites. We expected Tonga to walk away with it. Uh, we, we, you know, although Lebanon, Lebanon have got some good players and they've got some great players, you know, Farron Moses Mo- together know, have been absolutely amazing. So yes, they have got some great players, but we didn't really expect them to 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 put up any resistance at all. And boy, did they do it! They really, they really did their best. Lebanon, didn't they? Yeah, uh, they were unlucky. Uh, the obstruction, the the one chalked up for obstruction. I think you know, technically correct, yeah. possibly a bit uh, soft, but I mean, it was a, it was a it was a correct decision. And yeah. I mean, even if it had gone in, you you don't know what kind of dragon that would have unleashed in Tonga. No, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. even even in a you know a lacklustre display, that Fusatua. Oh man. Yeah, what a, they, what a finisher that And they're going to be a much better team next week. They're they're gonna, because they're going to really... Well, it's... it's they're underdogs you know, again. They're underdogs again. No one's expecting them to win. Well, yeah. I think they are. They may, they may, they may be expecting them to win, win. In, the, in the Southern Hemisphere. But Okay, we'll, we'll preview that in, in a short while's time. But I want to get on to England versus Papua New Guinea. Gareth, in my opinion, England weren't convincing again. Uh, but they got the job done. I think people have been a bit too harsh on England. I mean, I mean, I mean, people talk about the completion rate, which wasn't great, and and against Tonga, who will punish them if they make those mistakes. They've got to up their game massively. But against a decent PNG team, I thought they did all right. They look a much better team when James Roby's on the field. Um, I know people really rate Josh Hodgson. He's had a, he's a couple of good seasons in I, the NRL, but um, Roby just makes them tick, you know. He's, and, and PNG were gassed when Roby was on the field that second half. They were they just couldn't cope with him. His scoops from dummy half. I don't feel like Hodgson has really fit in very well with with Luke Gale at all. I think at one point uh, Gale and Hodgson tripped over themselves, tripped over each other. Yeah, he's uh, not he's not really fitted into Wayne Bennett's sort of sort of system because he likes he likes the playmakers at nine, at thirteen, and six and seven, and maybe Hodgson's been a bit of a victim for that. But I, um, I, Ian Millwood on the BBC commentary say was saying that Hodgson was was kind of playing his own game mm-hmm. and not so much the team's game, and I think that is a kind of fair assessment. He he doesn't seem to bring in. Gale and Brown in the same way that that mm. Roby does, and Roby Roby's attacked much better. Um, I, I would I'd like to see Josh Hodgson maybe start for twenty minutes and then come back on as a loose forward instead of uh, instead of being the the primary dummy half. Yeah, give I mean, give Roby give Roby sixty minutes. But uh, but what a game that game's going against Tonga. I mean uh, that Auckland crowd is going to be is going to be red hot you know i've seen the welcome that they've had to <coughs> had today That's and um be all over again yeah so um yeah and, and if you know the big guys like tamalulu tamalulu are playing and that's a two yeah, uh, jennings and Fafita, you know if they're if they're on their game then it's going to be it's going to be a really close one okay well we'll preview that in a short while i just want to uh, go through the women's world cup because that's been going on as well good to see as well uh they've played three games in a week haven't they so uh, we're going to 
go on Sunday. They England couldn't back up their first win uh, because they were nilled against the Australian women, 38 points to nil there. New Zealand women were dominant against the Cook Islands, 76 nil there. And Papua New Guinea, 8, Canada, 22. And then they played again uh, this morning. Uh, England women, 16, Cook Islands women, 22. What a shot result that was. Cook Islands weren't expected to win that game. Australia women, 88. Canada women, nil. And uh, New Zealand women, 38. Papua New Guinea women, nil. So England, despite the defeat, are in the semi-finals. So uh, that will happen, I think, this weekend. So um, yeah, as, far as, as far as I recall, the uh, the, the finals uh, double-header. They'll yes. be on the, 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 the same at the same time well, the same and, day. And so it should be equal opportunities and all that yeah I mean I've been watching some of the highlights and I watched that England um, Cook Islands game and what a result for the Cook Islands against yeah. against England you know fantastic result ok so you're listening to the Rugby League show here on your Callan FM in the north and GTFM in the south and very welcome you are now we're going to talk some news coming out of England because England will face New Zealand in a free test series in 2018 with matches at Hull KCOM Stadium Anfield at Ellen Road New Zealand will be playing against the English next year but now England have got priorities elsewhere because they've got Tonga this weekend in a World Cup semi-final and uh, Gareth just give us a are you happy with the English lineup of what Kevin Brown the only doubt because of head concussion but same team as the Papua New Guinea, in my opinion, Roby should start. Agree. You know, I talked about you know they look a different team with with Roby on the field and what he gives them. But it, you know, it, it, you know it's going to be a really physical game. So those England forwards have really got to uh, got to hold up. You know, you got Burgess going against Tamalulo, which is just mouth watering, haven't you? And <coughs> James Graham's been really solid. But yeah, they definitely you know James Roby you know coming on maybe at that twenty minute mark and you know maybe get some tiring uh, Tongan forwards. You know, maybe able to cause a bit of havoc. Kevin Sinfield. Uh, said it on the BBC panel there that if England play like they did against Papua New Guinea but improved by 10% they'll win the game do you agree with that Mark? Yeah I think if if they just you know show a little bit more composure and I think teams do kind of play up or down to the level of their opposition well apart from Australia Australia just boots on throats all the time and perhaps that's one of the reasons they're so successful and I think that's one of the reasons why people have been a bit disappointed in England although they've got the job done are they slow burners Morris are they peaking at the right time shall we say Ponga or England England No, oh, yeah, I knew what you meant. Yeah, I think, I think, I think England are doing okay, and, and I, I think they they might just you know win the win the game that matters at the end. I, 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 but you're not I, the only one that said that. I didn't play it in the interview because it was too long. But Ian said that he feels that England could win the World Cup. But yeah. and he's a Welshman saying that. Well, I'm a Welshman. I, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it, yeah. I nearly chucked as I said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Gav, who are the danger men for Tonga then? Who should England watch out for? Uh, well, take your pick with Tonga, really. Um, you know, we mentioned Lola here has, has, has been outstanding in the halfbacks um, all tournament. You know, really quick. His distribution is good and a very you know clever, intelligent player. Jennings has, has had a great strike rate during this, this during this World Cup and and probably the best best forward in in, in rugby. You know, Tamalolo has been you know uh, there's a lot of controversy before the tournament about him defecting from New Zealand. Them, but he's, he's been outstanding. Now, as an omen, actually, we we're talking about England potentially winning the World Cup. Well, in 2008, New Zealand shot the world by beating Australia in the World Cup. And guess who was involved in the coaching staff? Wayne Bennett. So yeah, there's an omen there. <laughs> maybe. Just maybe. Maybe England fans, there's hope there. Yeah. But, but, but I tell you what, they've got to get over Tonga first, though, haven't they? And, and this is going to be, you know, it's going to be one of those games that's right down to the, to the wire, I think. 
Matt, you mentioned in previous weeks that the um, the New Zealand crowd have taken this World Cup up <laughs> very well. Do you think there will be an intimidated sort of crowd at, in Auckland, which England have not really been used to, have they? You know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, these uh, these New Zealand-based well, crowds Island have been something. right behind, right behind all the Pacific Island teams, especially Tonga. I think it's going to be. It's almost going to be like Port Moresby. Maybe not quite that that kind of loud and intimidating but it's going to be it's going to be very very close to that and is that a factor that England need to deal with then I think you know these these guys have, 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 you know they're, they're you know they're, they're pros and you know they've played in intimidating atmospheres before I think that they're professional enough not to get drawn into they've it they've played in finals haven't they they've played in you know Grand Finals and Wembley and all sorts of things. You know, aren't they? Lee on a cold Friday night is, yeah. is, is something else, isn't it? So, uh, so I'm sure these guys will be will be well pumped up for it. I, I, I don't no feel like to Lee, by the way. I don't feel like it's going to be a, that available. I do feel like it's it's not going to be so much of a problem for for England, but it's certainly going to be a boost for Tonga. I think you know yeah. Benny Murdoch Mastilla coming off the bench with a with a molten hot crowd. I think he might find an extra few feet with a huge pile of bodies on him and 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 you know they've got a load of experience too haven't they you know this this saying how, how many how many super league and, and our players are in that in that, that team that's that's the entire team the, i mean you've got mahe fanua yeah. not even in the 21 and he's been exactly. one of the best lead wingers in super so, league so there's so much experience there they're not going to run out and let and let the occasion get to them and burn themselves out are they they're going to they're going to play a system they will have, they will have looked how England play, and they'll and they'll and they'll know and they'll know what they're doing. And that's probably been the best thing about this World Cup has been the the Pacific Islands, um, their passion. You know the passion they play with. You you look at, you know when you see Fiji singing that hymn before the match, and you know the the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, and what it means to them. You see players crying at, at the end of the game, and what I hope from this World Cup is that we'll have a proper international calendar going forward now, and the likes of Fiji's, your Tongas, your Lebanons will 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 get those meaningful fixtures and. And, and these guys will stick with them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And beautifully, let's talk about Fiji, Australia. Fiji, they, they've they again, they are dark horses, aren't they? For them to provide a, a masterclass against New Zealand, I thought defensively it was awesome. And um, they won the battle, didn't they, in the middle? Have they got half a chance against uh, Australia, Gareth? Uh, I'd l- my, my 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 heart says yes. My head says says no. I think. This Australia team are just—they're just playing with from within themselves. They're in first gear. I think it'll be a close game for an hour, and that Fijian passion will will carry them forward. And 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 you know you've got players like Jared Hayne who's been snubbed by Australia, and he's had a bit of a bad season at Gold Coast. He's got something to prove. So I think yeah, like I say close game for an hour, but that Aussie Aussie class will will show through in the end. Mark? Yeah, under Mal Meninga, uh, Australia take it seriously in a way that maybe they didn't in 2013 or, or 2008, where, as you said, but Wayne Bennett took uh, New Zealand to to the final. That just doesn't happen anymore. They play within themselves to an extent, but it's, you know, and it's very kind of set completion orientated, and it isn't maybe the most exciting thing to watch, but in a way to watch... You know the seven, pretty much the seventeen best players on the planet, or certainly the best team on the planet. Go to work is quite spectacular to watch. But they're going to have to be on their A game, aren't they? Because because Fiji are going to, you know, give it to them like sixteen, but sixteen players in in there from Super League and, and NRL. They're going to they they they're no slouches. They deserve to be there. Absolutely, they're, they are going to really really give it to them. If if they come out and they're a bit not quite on their game, they could be they could be twelve points 
down before they before they know it. Apart uh, from uh, this, could be a uh, open question. But apart from Australia beating England in the first game, have Australia been tested since that game? No, probably not. Like I said, they've played. They, they, you know, they're in they're in second gear. This Australian team, they've got the players there. I mean, the Lebanon game was quite interesting. I thought Lebanon really like no team has absolutely blown Lebanon away this tournament, and and that was you know they they were a little bit sloppy that game Australia. But you know this is this is class. I mean, you're looking at their. They're 17, you know, they've got probably 17 other players who could step in and, and beat England tomorrow. They're that good. So, um, for me, it's Australia's to lose. OK, so I'm going to go around the table then. Who's going to get into the final then? Australia and Tonga, I think. <laughs> mm. uh, for, for me, it's going to be an Australia-England final. Uh, my, my heart says Australia-Tonga, but my brain says Australia-England. <laughs> um, and I think that as well. Australia and England as well. But... And I'm rooting for England, actually, not because because obviously they should be Great Britain, really, but because if it was Great Britain, it would be the same team virtually, I think. England um, in a nicer jumper. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. England in a nicer jumper. There's no point, is there, in, in having a, a GB team here, because because then you're never going to develop the the the, the Welsh, Wales, Scotland, and Ireland. But what I'm saying, what the point I was trying to get to, an England win at the World Cup, that will obviously make noises, and hopefully yeah. that will. Um, we all we all want a northern. Being serious now, we all want a northern hemisphere win, don't we? We we, we want a northern hemisphere and that, win because because, because we, uh, if you watch the, the commentary from Australia, they think the NRL is 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 fast you, you know is fast yeah. and it's not. It's 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 di- it's different. It's a it's a different style of of, of, of rugby. You know, I, I think I think Super League's more expansive and it's it's a, it's better to watch. Sheriff, sorry, uh, and I just think that's probably one of been the disappointing thing about this World Cup has, be, has been the crowds because state of origin and NRL is king in Australia and there's a lot of apathy towards this World Cup and that's been sort of reflected in the crowd. But on the field, I think. I think you know we've had lots of close quarterfinals, haven't we? Yeah. On, on the whole, bar that Australia Samoa the, the game's game. rising to the top now, isn't it? You know, it it's, be, be. it's been really competitive, and you know, teams like Fiji, your Lebanon's, your Tongas uh, uh, have really emerged. Okay, some bit of news tidied up from the Super League. Wakefield have signed former, is it Polly Polly on a one-year? Help me out here, guys. Is it? Oh, I'll say that after <laughs> a few drinks. Polly Polly, Polly Polly. Anyway, on a one-year contract, following was released by the Australian side. Is that chicken Chicken. Newcastle Knights. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he joins Wakefield after a broken leg in July, meant he was not offered a new deal by Newcastle. So um, some news coming out of Wakefield. And that's it. That's the Rugby League show for our last show of the year next week. That's where we'll be reviewing. And obviously, if you'd like to leave your reviews of your favourite moments of the season, whether you're a West Raiders uh, fan or you're a North Wales Crusaders fan, please leave them down. I'll read as many of them uh, as we can. We'll have Mark Robinson in the studio. We'll have Andy Mosdale in the studio. And we'll have uh, the team here as well. Annette will be back as well. So uh, that's next week. I hope you can join us for that. And Gareth... Crusaders, remember? Oh, yes. Announced a... Crusaders have yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> North Wales Crusaders, if you if you don't know already, have announced a pre-season friendly or unfriendly, shall we say? Uh, Rochdale against Rochdale <laughs> Hornets <laughs> at Scotland. Uh, what date's that? January something. Yeah. It'll be, it's on the Facebook page anyway. The date. So look forward to that. Uh, but that's. Again, Gareth, good to see you. Uh, thank you for no, coming it's in. It's always a pleasure, never Truly a chore. Cool. Yes, well, that's that's a compliment. Thank you yes. very much. We don't get many of them. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, as always, thank you very much for your vast knowledge. Morris, thank you for chewing the cud, as always. And thank you to you for listening at home. If you're a, a GTFM listener, you'll be back. We'll be back for the last time of the year for you. Uh, that's midnight on Thursday. 
uh, for Callan FM listeners, it's 4pm next week. CallanFM.com is where you can listen to it. And you can listen to the podcast, which comes out every Friday. From me, Conrad Anderson, from the Glyndor University studios here in Wrexham. It's be good, be safe, and enjoy your rugby league.